Good evening, everybody, and welcome to the Soccer Scene, third fourth episode with myself Noel, and Noel O'Connor. Noel, we've plenty to get through this evening as we enter the closing stages of the season. First of all, we'll reflect on the game between 3D United and Galway United in the Artricity League last week. The way it goes on, Noel, for 3D United to gain a first victory against Galway, they were all so close on Friday night, um, yet so far, I suppose, now... We'll, we'll speak about the specifics, about the, the controversy of maybe the penalty decision in a few minutes. But, you know, looking at it on paper, another positive performance against a, a team in a higher position than you in the table and, and a fairly thoroughly entertaining game despite the low score. Definitely one of the best games I've been at, certainly um, this year. Uh, there was a really good atmosphere there as well. It's funny that... Um, I made a sprinkling of what I call the Cork Mafia, the Cork City Mafia there as well as Cork City had no game and they suddenly became Treaty fans for the night because obviously if Treaty had got the three points on Friday night, it would have made Cork City champions as well. So um, on one side of me, I had the Cork City Mafia and the other side, I had the Galway United chairman. So it certainly was a very interesting game, both on and off the pitch. Yeah, absolutely. It does seem like you had a, an, an interesting evening, to be fair. And it got very interesting, Noel. Obviously, Treaty, you know, went into a lead early on in the current again, fantastic finish, you know, and super form, hard, hard stop at the moment. And then just as it looked like Treaty had, you know, closed out the game with, with relative ease, to be fair. I mean, John Coffey threw everyone on, uh, all, all strikers to, to try and get the, the goal back. Referee Mark Moynihan gives what I certainly didn't believe, Noel, was a, was a penalty on first view, and I still don't think it was a penalty that needed to be given on second view. And, um, it infuriated Treaty, obviously, and, and delighted Galway, but it, Stephen Walsh tucked away the penalty. Uh, what was your own view of the penalty decision, Noel? This is not the Arsene Wenger line, no, that I didn't see it, but certainly <laughs> on the stand side, you're a good bit away from it. And um, just like it did seem that the Galway player, you know, was kicked. Now, it felt that he put his leg in there to be kicked, like if you like, that he was playing for the penalty. And look, you, you see that as well. You know, obviously some decisions are going to go against you and you'll be disappointed because that's what really would frustrate Treaty on the night was the two unbelievable saves that Conor Kearns had, had made, maybe particularly in the first half, where if they'd been two goals up, which they're probably on balance deserve to be two goals up, I thought. But when you're a goal up and look, you only have to go back and look at Galway's record about, you know, playing playing to the end. And even if they hadn't got that penalty, you know, to be hard to bet against them that they wouldn't have manufactured an, uh, an equaliser from something else, such as what they've done, you know, more or less every every game this season. But uh, probably a bit harsh. Some referees may give it an, an possibly, you know, I've heard it, it could have been a free out as well, but that's maybe how it goes in, in games because I was told by the Galway contingent at the start of the game that the same referee uh, hates John Caulfield. He's a Cork referee and he hates John Caulfield and they've got nothing off him all season. And there you go, you know, they get a soft penalty on, the, on, on this one. So it's never a case of, you know, referees against you or for you, whatever. Look, you know, sometimes they just don't get it right. Yeah, it, it's it's a funny one, Noel, because from the view, and it's actually my fault you didn't get it, I was supposed to send you on the replay of this penalty decision, which I, I forgot about. But, uh, you know... From the, the replay, which, you know, you can see, what you can see really is Wilson Moeiru maybe shaping up to take a shot for the bones of, you know, two seconds, which is quite a long time when you're you're swinging your leg back. Mark Ludden manages to get his left foot 
onto the ball, kind of nip it away from Wawero, and Wawero kicks the back of, of Ludden's calf. Um, you hear some people saying that he's been impeded from taking a shot. And then on the other argument, I suppose you have some people saying that, well, how does it take that long for him to swing his leg back and, and take a shot? Um, I suppose, which, which side of it would you land on? I suppose, look, it depends on, you know, the referee's angle. Um, sometimes, you know, if the referee hasn't seen the... For me, I always look at if the defender makes contact with the ball first. If the defender makes contact with the ball first, for me, look, it's it, it, it's never a penalty. Um, ref, I'm not so sure what referees look for now or, you know, or what they see, you know, and uh, sometimes even if they, if they do understand what a foul actually is. Um, so, look, from that point, I'm sure there'll be a grieved treaty, but at the end of the day, you know, they'd won that game, would have made a huge difference. We're talking about confidence. I don't think they certainly lack any confidence at the moment. I think they're really at the top of their game. You know, there's no expectation on them. And uh, maybe they might be better off to save that first win, you know, on one of those playoff nights, which looks like it's likely that they will be playing Galway United in in the playoffs. Absolutely. And we will move on to that as well in, in a couple of minutes, Noel. But because you were talking about maybe what referees are looking for and, and the standard of, of refereeing, I know that maybe you would have had a, some some personal gripes with referees back in your own day, maybe when you were manager of Wexford and, and Limerick FC uh, back in the day, and obviously involved with Cork. I assume you had run-ins with a few over the years. But, you know, there seems to be, between supporters, maybe I know you, you have the, the Twitterati, as they call it, you know, people getting on the backs of, of certain referees. Um, you know, managers have obviously been critical this year, I thought, particularly at the start. Um, what's your own verdict, Noel? Has there been improvement since your time in the refereeing standard in the League of Ireland, or is it very much similar? To be honest with you, I don't think so. Um, I think I've made this comment more than once, particularly in terms of Premier referees. I've seen some Premier referees say this year, and, and I've said to myself, geez, I remember when he was a bad referee in the First Division, and, and now he's refereeing in the Premier League, so... Um, I think, look, it's obviously a difficult job. These lads seem to be very young. Um, I'm not quite sure how how they're coached, for want of a better word, in, in terms of uh, how they make those kind of decisions that they have to make. And we have to remember it's really difficult for them as well. And uh, in terms of that, I often think, you know, are they better to get maybe some ex-players involved in that um, side of, of, of the coach and the referees? I, I, I think it would be a help. But listen, you know, however bad we think they are, um, they're the best of what's there, I presume, you know, for senior soccer. And that's and, and that's where we are. And it's not something that will be solved overnight. Right? And obviously, the more training or coaching that goes into these guys and the more experience they get, it should follow that. They should get better. But overall, I think my own experiences over a season, you know, what happened on Friday night could happen you and the next night, you may well get a soft one yourself. I don't say that it particularly balances out of here that it may not balance out over a season, but certainly you'll find yourself getting a nice decision and not getting one as as the season goes on. You know, from discussions, what feels like many moons going out with Tommy Barrett, he feels the same that uh, decisions may not balance themselves out over the season, like many say. But speaking of uh, the treaty manager, Noel. You would refer to it that it looks likely, you know, barring, you know, a Galway collapse as such and Waterford overtaking them now uh, to, to get second, that it will be Galway and Treaty, you know, fifth versus second over the two legs uh, in, in the playoff. Um, do you think 
especially in the last two games where they've got a one-all draw and a nil-all draw name in DC Park, do you think that Tommy Barrett now has seen enough to, to think that, you know, there is a very big possibility that his side could prevail in, in the encounter against Galway over two legs? I think so, and it's not only the games against Galway. I think overall, I said it last week, you know, with the form, you mentioned Ender Kern, and, you know, I think it's his 18 goal of the season. The fact that they're not conceding too many goals, like, they're, you know, they're in a situation now where, you know, I, I don't think they'll fear anyone. Um, and I, I think that it would be impossible to call that, particularly over two legs, you know, because the goals seem to be drying up in those games as well. You know, the fact that Treaty seemed to put Galloway under a lot of pressure in terms of set plays, particularly in the first half with the long throws and the corners, it was very on Galloway-like, I thought. I thought Conor Kearns flapped at a few as well and was caught, you know, kind of in no man's land. And... Uh, Normally, you see when that happens, then it's kind of back to the drawing board and, you know, you go back to your basics and you you obviously try and iron that out. And that'll be top of the, the Galway United to-do list, I'd say, when they're getting ready for the playoff game. If it obviously goes with um, Treaty, I'm sure there'll be a lot of discussions about Ender Kearns or Mark Ludden's long throws and, you know, the deliveries and and picking the players up, you know, I, I, it looks to me that it's going to be really tight and cagey affair in a real game of cat and mouse. And uh, I would say this, I spoke to Conor McCormack after the game. Um, I think he was a big loss to Galway mm. because the way they set themselves up, you know, he's the guy that breaks up the, the counter-attacks, if you like. And uh, Treaty were getting great joy in terms of their counter-attacks, particularly in the first half, because there was no one to stuff them out at, uh, at source. He's actually picked up a bit of a virus um, and he actually lost five kilos. But in the next couple of weeks, he should be back. And I, I'm, I'm sure he will be back for the playoffs. He'll certainly make a big difference to them. I don't know, Noel, if the, the Galloway chairman um, concurred with you or even knew you said it, but you'd have been happy enough that there was at least five or six Galway fans that I overheard leaving the ground that said if, if Mark Ludden and then the Kern were in their team, they might have been closer to Cork. thought I was listening to you again. Yeah, well, I didn't feel I didn't want to say it to the chairman, but I certainly have been saying it. Um, you know, I we've been giving Tommy praise, particularly about his handling of Endicorn, and you know, he's obviously a kind of a he has a certain type of a personality that maybe not every manager would warm to him in terms of say he's he's out of possession work. I noted that he spent uh, many minutes of the game on Friday night in an offside position on on the way back which a lot of managers would, you know, just kind of get a bit annoyed, I suppose. But uh, I think the whole vibe of treaty suits him, you know, the fact that we're the underdogs and we're amateurs and, you know, we've nothing to lose and um, all that kind of feeds into the to the good vibes that are there at the moment. And, you know, it's, it's a great place to be, that lack of pressure, because I did get a sense from the chairman as well and talking to John Caulfield after that, you know, there's obviously pressure on those Galloway lads. You know, they're inside in the city and maybe they're getting a bit of stick. People would think that, you know, we're full-time, we should win the league. But, you know, it's just not that simple. And where it's probably a bit of a chore to them, you know, to play at the moment, it certainly isn't a chore for Treaty to play. And you could see the difference in the vibes of of of, of, of the two teams. So certainly that would be a big advantage to Treaty going into these games because there's no doubt about it, there, there will be massive massive pressure on Galway United I think particularly at home to do well you know and people would look at it and think that they they should be treaty um, 
fairly easy on paper, but that's not how it works. And certainly, as we started out with the likes of Enda Curran and Mark Ludden, would certainly have been a huge addition to to Galway United's promotion push this year. But I'm sure Tommy Barrett will mention the fact that uh, Ed McCarthy and Killian Bruder are certainly uh, two good recruits for them to help on their promotion push as well. Yeah, absolutely. And I suppose slight, slightly off topic, Noel, but I do remember when you were managing Limerick FC back in the day, um, it was the time that your, your future captain and, and former captain, as it was, Pat Purcell, that was playing Waterford. And I remember he scored a penalty against yourselves in a, a League Cup victory uh, one evening and cupped his uh, ears to the to the Limerick FC fans who might have been giving him a bit of stick. And I'm not sure if you noticed it, but it looked like when Enda Curran scored, he was thinking about going over to kind of give a bit to the Galway fans and kind of stopped short and then just looked at the, the ball boy and pretended he was celebrating with him instead because I suppose he didn't want it to bite him in the backside like it did with Paddy who ended up back with Limerick only about six months later. <laughs> yeah, and look, I'm sure there'll certainly be more than Galway United. Uh, look, a friend of Curran's um, services next year, it'll be interesting to see what way he approaches that because, you know, he's... 30 now and certainly had up to now probably failed to fulfil on, on his promise if you like. He's certainly delivering on that now and you know whether he's happy to play away you know in a place that he seems to be very happy with scoring goals or maybe is tempted to go and obviously there'll be you know probably contracts on the table as well you know whether he looks at it in, in, in terms of a financial decision it'll be interesting to see. Absolutely, and you mentioned there Ed McCarthy and Killian Bruder. Killian Bruder didn't have the best of first halves, and he was he was replaced at half time. No, but it's fair to say that Ed McCarthy, who you know showed glimpses at three, he had been a very good player last year. Surely, you know the signs were there that he's benefiting from uh, full time football and, and training every day. No, he was a real live wire. I thought on, on Friday night last. Yeah, played well, full of running. I think actually that was something that kind of hampered Galloway as well on uh, on Friday night. The fact that they carried the ball a bit too much, I felt that they, they needed to release the ball quick, uh, a lot quicker than they did. Particularly with the way the treaty play when they get out of possession, they're very quick to get into that ten. That's certainly ten behind the ball shape, and the more touches that the opposition take on the ball, well, then obviously the easier it is to get in get into those positions. But overall, seen him playing a few games this year, I think he's doing very well. He's obviously only a, uh, a young chap and certainly the training helps, but the fact that he's playing most weeks as well is where the, is where the real development is um, is coming. Yeah, there was a notable absentee in Conor McCormick for Galway. There was also a couple of notable absentees for, for Treaty. I don't believe that Callum McNamara's was serious, but on a, on a different note, Dean George's injury, um, I was hearing through the grapevines from maybe a couple of his teammates and, and others that, it could be medial ligament damage, uh, no with his knee. So, like, I mean, any injury like that at this stage of the season, if it is confirmed over the next couple of days, you'd imagine it'd be very hard to, to see Dean George uh, coming back before the end of the season. Yeah, look, he'll be a big loss. You know, we speak about end of current goals, but I think Dean George has 11 or 12 as well. Yeah. And certainly they've been the catalyst for, for the success this year. And, you know, he'll be disappointed with, you know, at least three really, really big games, if not more, coming up in, in, in the next, you know, five or six weeks. But in fairness to Treaty, they've certainly um done well on the injury front, particularly in the latter half of the season. And uh, hopefully it's it's not as serious as, as people may think. 
you know, when you go through, you know, you you actually mentioned it a couple of weeks ago, and you know, I took note of it and that no matter what, you're going to get a couple of injuries uh, to to key players between now and the end of the season. It'll probably happen to all the teams maybe in the playoffs, which maybe might even itself out. But you know, you look at the the players in terms of maybe their influence on on the dressing room that you wouldn't want to be missing. You you've mentioned obviously Enda Curran being your top scorer, being one. Mark Ludden because of his his leadership in the squad and seems to be highly respected would be another one. But as you said, like Dean George would probably be right in there amongst that list on his form this season. So you know, if there was you know one one of three players that Tommy Barrett really wouldn't want to lose, I would have thought Dean George would be right up there. Yeah, listen, he certainly would with his goals. This, I mean, you'd have to include the likes of Mark Walsh in that as well. You know, I think Sounds he's terms, maybe. <laughs> so, so, uh, unsung as well in terms of the upsurge in the season. If You know, he'd missed most of, this, of the first half of the season as well. We were kind of waiting for him to come back in and see where he would. And, you know, he's come back in like um, he didn't miss a game. You know, he didn't even take a, a few games to get going. He's hit his high standards straight away. And like certainly if you're looking at an unsung hero in, in that team in the last five or six weeks, he's got to be uh, really high up in that list. Yeah, absolutely. Now this week, week Noel, they head to the RSC where Waterford United line wait. Now Waterford played tonight as well. That game hasn't taken place yet uh, against Longford. But in unbelievable form, Noel, I mean, we know about their FAI Cup exploits. They've all, they knocked out the likes of St. Patrick's Athletic. They beat Dundalk. Um, Phoenix Patterson has shown the type of form that got him the player of the month in the whole Premier Division uh, last season, towards the end of the season. Um, a, a really tough task for Tommy Barrett's side. And and he did say it in his interview that, you know, when when pushed on by the, the club PRO, Michael Hearn, that... You know, there is always a worry there because if you do go and lose to an informed Walford and Wexford did win, it just drags it on for that extra week. Um, and, and you do start to maybe maybe sweat a little at the prospect of Wexford winning another game. Now, I know Wexford have Cork, you know, and you wouldn't be expecting it, but, you know, it could be tight. So, you know, if, even though there's no pressure on, on three in the game, they'd love to just get, you know, even a draw just to get that bit closer and edgeway that bit closer to guaranteeing the playoffs. Yeah, and look, it's there's a few imponderables there as well, and he's right. Probably if it was more likely, I thought that Wexford could have beaten Cork maybe if Galway had beaten Treaty and put that extra bit of pressure on 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 Cork, and you know that hasn't happened. You'd have to fancy Cork to get the job done. Um, and I think it's a difficult enough game on paper for Treaty, but then. Waterford United have an FAI Cup semi-final coming and they're kind of secure in, in their playoff position as well. So, you know, we wonder what team that they will put out. Maybe they'll rest guys, you know, for the for the Cup semi-final. So, and again tonight, you know, they could have an injury or two or maybe a sending off. So, you know, all that will play into what happens on Friday night. But either way, I think that's the one team that I think that Treaty have struggled against really in, in the in the league, certainly below in the RSE and the, the second game in um, in the Marcus Field, you know, they really seem to struggle with their pace and their, their quick passing. Like, they weren't carrying the ball like Galway United and giving them time to get into space. They were playing balls in behind the full-backs and getting on them and really quick interplay and, it, you know, to treat to really struggle with it, but look, with the improvement that they've shown in the last few weeks, you'd expect them to to improve as well. And it's probably another one of those games where if you ask both teams now, would they be happy with a point? They'd probably say yes. And uh, you'd have to lean 
between everything that's happening and the fact that Waterford are playing tonight that the most likely outcome is probably a draw, which I think all parties will be happy with. I get I get the impression, Noel, as well that well, you are I know you are and, and I definitely am, I suppose, disappointed with Waterford in a sense, or because I know me and yourself when Jason O'Connor had been on the podcast, we both had Waterford, I believe, to 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 win the league. Um and considering their their shaky start uh to the campaign, they're now only nine points off uh Cork City in the, the title race, which just shows you, I suppose, the, the type of run they've been on, because I think they've been nearly 15 points behind at one stage or, or, or something along those lines. Um, so I suppose Waterford will be disappointed themselves to pick it up, but I'm just looking there and all, and obviously there's only three points between themselves and, and Galway now uh, as they come into the, the final three games. If you were Danny Searle and you were looking at it, would you... Would you see much difference between Longford and Treaty? Like, would you be pushing hard to get second place to, to maybe play Treaty? Or would you be be saying it really doesn't matter between Longford or Treaty and if you're looking at it from their point of view? I think at the moment, if I was any manager in the division, you know, I would I would think that I'd prefer to meet Longford than Treaty with the form they're in and 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 the run they're on. I'm not so sure Waterford think that because obviously they look at their own head to head against Treaty, which you know, which is pretty good. But maybe they look at it with you know, with a degree of confidence of beating Longford and then say, Well listen, we kinda of hope we get um Treaty in the final and a one off because our, our record overall bar the one where they went down to ten men, you know, after thirty minutes in the Marcus Field has you know, has been really, really good. But I think they're a very, very, very good side, and you know they're they're a real strong contender. I think to to come through the playoffs and win it, you know, and there'll certainly be a difficult opposition if they get that far for the likes of uh, Finn Harps at UCD. But uh, I still think that we won't learn a huge amount over the match on Friday, you know, and maybe Tommy will, have, you know, he'll probably look to make a few changes as well himself. I was just actually going to ask you that question, Noel, because I assume if Callum McNamara is available, he'll probably go back in to the team now. Because if it was something to do with an injury or rest, you know that he'll he'll have that week uh, behind him now as well. But um, maybe some thought a bit surprisingly, Conor Melody was given a second start in a row after the Longford game against Galway. I thought he actually did quite well. It was one of his better performances, more positive performances, and he was denied by Kearns. He was one of those denied by Kearns uh, a couple of times with really good saves. Um, you know, that's the only hope, I suppose, Noel, when we were talking about the likes of a Dean George injuries, that maybe Conor Melody will, will burst onto the scene in, in the important games. There's some some guys that do um produce when, when you least expect it. Yeah, no, I think I agree with you. I thought he was really, really, really good. And if we go back to the last game in the current struggle a bit against Waterford, I think. And uh maybe it's a nice a night to start success, you know, and ex- expect Water, you know, to have a lot of the ball and uh, maybe for Treaty to play on the counter-attack and maybe he needs uh, another 90 minutes under his belt because he probably will be needed, you know, over the close proximity of the uh, playoff games. And would you be looking, Noel, at maybe like a player who's played 60 games for Treaty you now, but obviously the ones 30 again this year uh, and over, I think, um, Mark Ludden, would you be, if you were Tommy, would you be look? I know you, you want continuity, but would you be looking at the likes of him once you've seen you've lost Dean George and saying, hmm, will I will I save him for a week? No, I think, yeah. You know, I think, you know, when guys, are said it, when guys are on that run, you know, I, I see him after the match as well. He's so influential around the group. Mm. Um, you certainly just, and the fact that, you know, 
they're not training maybe like they should, that him, if he missed those 90 minutes, well, then it would impact on his fitness as much uh, as, as anything else. So the fact that he's getting those games in, you know, it's keeping him match fit. I don't see the point in leaving a guy like him out, particularly with only possibly five or six games left to go. So I would expect Mark Ludden to, to play. Yeah. And just like, and just like Cork City, Noel, um, just like, and just like Cork City, Noel, last week, uh, cheering on Treaty, I think the, the favour will be repay, repaid this weekend and that Treaty will be certainly hoping that they can, maybe we're not hoping they'll win the league, even though we know they will, we're not hoping for that, but we'll be hoping that they can beat the opposition that they're playing against and that we can finally maybe copper fast and going into that semi-final, which we'll be looking at next week, copper fast and that um, playoff position um, in going into that Derry City game on a high. So hopefully Treaty United can do that this week. And um, obviously we hope that we are discussing a positive result for Treaty. Hopefully they can look after their own business first, I'd imagine. But another big week for us next week, Noel. And I thank you once again for, for joining us. Uh, there was plenty to get through this evening and also will be next week. So thank you and we hope you can join us again next week.